Hi, I'm John Morgo, one of the last three guys to a podcast. We've switched our platform to Anchor. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. It's free. They'll help you produce and record your podcast. They'll also help distribute it, get you on Spotify, iTunes, and all the rest. And you can make money from it, even without any listeners. It really is a great deal. So join us. Download the software at anchor.fm and click to get started. And and be with us, the last three guys do a podcast on Anchor. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you happen to be watching us in the great wide world brought together by the internet. Last three guys do a podcast are back. I'm John Morgo with uh, Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown. Hope you guys had a uh, restful Thanksgiving. It's certainly been a very wild weekend here, a long, wild weekend. A lot of stuff to unpack, a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, for First of all, guys, how was your Thanksgiving? I just pretty good. Mine was pretty good. Mine was pretty good. Um, we had a chance to sit down. We had a great festive uh, meal. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and my wife and my kids and my mother-in-law. So we had a very good uh, festive meal. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Then I had to go and work. But, mm-hmm. you know, that is what it is. Exactly. So, um, it was It was good. Um, got, got two football games in. I was able to do that. So, oh, cool. Which games uh, did you do? No, no, no. Well, I got. Oh, you watch. Oh, you watch. Watch. Given day game. Oh, right, right, so, right, right, right. We have to talk. We have to talk about that. Of but, course. You know, it's it's um yeah. So it was fun. We had a good time. How about yeah. you, how about you, Leon? Uh, you know, um, very very relaxed. It's me, my nephew, my sister. We um relaxed, watched the Dallas and watched the game. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, um, ate about two good plates of food. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, again, my parents are in Vegas, and I had to work, so it wasn't that much relaxing. But you know, I did get I did get out of work early. Got home in time for the Dallas Washington game. Watched all of that, and then I wound up with a. Uh, I think there was some college basketball on at, later at night, so I took part of watched some of that. And then I had Friday and Saturday off, so there was high school football. I did. I, I wasn't uh, in the booth like I wanted. I was instead on the stat crew for the uh, ball game. Ball game between the Roswell Hornets and the Mill Creek Hawks. Mill Creek had a 27 to seven lead in the third quarter. Game was on Peachtree TV, and they wound up losing that game, 28-27, as wow. the Roswell Hornets came back in the second half after a first half where they only had like one first down, and they. They came back, but Joshua Battle from Mill Creek, he did a great job. He had 230 yards rushing, a couple touchdowns. But, again, great battle bet- between those two, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, on this week. But, again, uh, let's put Thanksgiving behind us. A lot of stuff going on, um, and it all seems to kind of uh, center around COVID. We thought, I mean, we, we just can't seem to shake this thing. Um, it's playing havoc with the NFL. It's playing havoc with personnel. Uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh got moved off of th- their tradition. Their normal. They would have played Thanksgiving night. They got moved out. Now they're playing on Tuesday. And Baltimore was originally supposed to play the short schedule game. They were supposed to play Dallas next Thursday night. That got moved to Monday. So we've got a double header a week from tomorrow of football and. Um, Again, it's also resulting in a ton of uh, personnel. Denver, they don't have a quarterback. They had to uh, get one of their wide receivers to play quarterback. So it's just, so again, COVID is not 
letting up, but um, and I really don't know where to go. I really don't know which thing to start off with because, I mean, there's so many great topics, but let's start off here, guys. The Falcons won a game. They won this game over the Raiders pretty, pretty solidly. 40, uh, it was, was it 40 to 3 or something like that? It was a uh, very... 43 to 6. 43 to 6. 43 to 6. So a big game against the Las Vegas Raiders and they, the Raiders are kind of falling apart it seems a little bit but is this more along the lines of, of Raheem Morris finally getting the Falcons where they where he wants them to be can, can, can I interject yeah go ahead see last week Daniel in an effort to console me <laughs> tried to say that the Chargers were just the Falcons were with different uniforms yes I remember this that week proved I remember that's that. not the case yes yeah, the Falcons came and played like a team that's on their way to the playoffs for about the minute. Right. Like they like like they finally got their stuff together and they're ready to start rolling. But the, the, Lakers, the, the, the Lakers, <laughs> the Raiders are are over five hundred team. They're second place in the AFC West. They are vying for a playoff spot, and they pretty much came in and got select by the Falcons. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Falcons, that has to be like a second lease on life right about the minute. Well, again, the Falcons have done this the last three years now where they are absolutely terrible the first half of the year, and then the second half of the year they get a pulse, they start winning some games, and they wind up with a uh, draft pick in the middle of the first round that doesn't really help them. But, of course, what they really need now, and I think this is kind of – putting into it they need to have a solid draft uh brain trust because they have whiffed on a lot of their first round picks in the last couple of years uh you know tack mckinley being being one of them vic beasley i mean they just need to get they need to get a gm who can who can figure this out and get it right because I, I don't know about you guys but i'm a little tired of um them repeating the same plot year in year out again this is year three where they've done this now whether because this is their fourth win of the year they're now four and seven um they got five games five games left they, they uh, get the saints again next week and they still have to play tampa twice and oh yeah they got to play the chiefs so i don't i mean honestly i don't know if they're going to be able to get another win but performances like today would seem that yes they are on the right track, but I, but again, the problems with the Falcons—it's got to be—it's got to be organizational now that they have done this the last three years, and at least by getting rid of Thomas Dimitrov, I think Al Arthur Blank has has recognized this. And Matt Matt Ryan really didn't have a great game. I mean, only 185 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, so he really—I mean—he just gave the ball to Brian Hill and Edo Smith, and he just let them go. The two of them had a had a cumulative of about 120, 120 yards rushing, um, but again, uh, again, we've just we've just seen this, and Koo had about four field goals in the, in in this ball game, but uh, to get to Leon's point, their defense, Falcons defense, certainly stepped up today, and I think this is probably the first time all season that we can say that that the Falcons defense led them in this one. And let's put this thing in 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 a perspective here. Uh, first off, it was the best game we've probably seen out of any team this whole season. Mm -hmm. Okay, just that, that first and foremost, because Atlanta did what they were supposed to do on the offensive end, uh, 
on the especially on the defensive end. I don't think I we've seen an Atlanta Falcons defense look this impressive since the Super Bowl run. So it was it was very refreshing to see. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but it was the first uh, non-offensive touchdown of the year mm-hmm. for Atlanta when Deion Jones ran back 64-yard interception return for a touchdown. Right. That was the first time that, it, that we've had a non-offensive touchdown of any of any kind this year. So that was a refreshing thing. And you know what? To Deion's point, I can honestly hear I can honestly hear any quote and say that. Um, that the Chargers were like the Falcons, were like the Falcons, but they're just in a different uniform. Uh, when you look at Atlanta, and John Gruden said this before the game, he said they are the best three and seven team I've ever seen. Yeah, I remember that. And there is, I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, think about it. Uh, they kept saying it on the broadcast today. Kevin Harlan was calling the game today. They kept saying it. Atlanta just didn't know. How, they just found ways to lose at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And that's just the, the basis of it. I mean, we would be right there in the playoff spot instead of just two games out. Yeah, Realize we're only two games out with five games to play. So there's still a sense of hope. We're not out of the playoff race yet. There's still a sense of hope. We do have a tough schedule coming down the road. We got the Saints again next week. If we can carry this momentum from today, we could beat New Orleans. I don't see why not. And Taysom Hill will be back under the gun again. Right. Uh, it's just that New Orleans defense. We've got to solve this. We've got to solve that. That, that whole thing. This week we went up against a Raiders pass rush that is 31st in the league in sacks. Mm-hmm. So they don't pressure much. The Saints do. They bring pressure and they bring blitz packages. So that's what they do. That's what Dennis Allen and that defensive coordinator staff does. They bring that kind of package on. Uh, then, of course, you got the Chargers. We go to San Diego at 420, uh, that's a 425 game two weeks from today. Right. Then you have then you have Tampa Bay week 16, then it's the Chiefs, and then it's the Bucks again mm-hmm. to finish the season off. So, listen, it's it's not going to be an easy stretch. Can we get three out of those games? I really believe we can finish in our season at seven and nine. I would love to to just get all five of these games and, and finish in nine and seven, and just see where we where we would end up. Yeah. Again, the the record doesn't show how good of a team this offense team can be. You know, they, yeah, because it really doesn't show. They because they did have a lot of early games where it could have gone either way. The Bears game was one. Could have gone either way. Probably should have gone either way. And of course, the Cowboys, um, where right. we we don't have you know we don't have the uh, the onside kick problems. There's two wins right there. So I mean, yeah, you're right. There there is there is some truth to that. But again, at the end of the day, it's it's not about coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's about doing it. And the Falcons yeah. didn't do it. They you could argue that they you know they do they don't know how they didn't know how to win. They didn't know how to how to put games away, you know, but at least now the Falcons were, th- Falcons are 13th right now in the NFC, um, just on the basis of where, of games that are playing right now, all they're, they're above the Eagles, Panthers, and the Cowboys. Imagine the Cowboys being last in the NFC. I know a lot of people are enjoying, yeah. a lot of people are enjoying that, believe me, but they have to be, rec- they have to recognize that the Cowboys right now are the worst team 
in the NFC. So the Falcons, again, they and, and Washington won a game, so they're basically tied with Washington right now. They're tied with Detroit. But, yeah, the Falcons, I mean, yeah, the Falcons can get a run, can get a run going. And, of course, that game with L.A. in two weeks. And Arizona lost today. Arizona's right now that got got hold of that final playoff spot, but they lost today and they dropped to six and five. Right. So there's a there's a shot. There's a shot there. Oh yeah, because you know Atlanta just has to keep Atlanta just has to keep winning. They can't they oh, can't of really worry about nobody else. And, and that's that's just what it is. You, you have to. It's going to be a tough pass. You knew that when you started off on five. Mm-hmm. Now going back to the to the other side, to the managerial side of things. I don't know about you guys, but I think Raheem Morris has done enough to stay as head coach. The only question now is can we get a reliable GM? You know, can we get a GM that can make those plays, that can make those decisions, that can make the right personnel decisions? Well, he's four, uh, he's four and two right now. Window. He's four and two, I, and, and I think he's done enough. I think the players have responded. I think today was – I think today for me proved that Raheem Morris could actually lead the team to something better. And what we've seen these last two seasons. Now I'm, I'm going to have to di- I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think he needs to do a little more. Um, to, you, or to get back to my other point, uh, okay, fine. Um, about where the wins are going to come. Okay, you've got to figure that the Chargers is probably. I hate to say it, Leon, but you know the Chargers is probably out of all those teams that Atlanta pl- has left. The Chargers are the best chance for for a W for a W here on. Oh, I'm sorry, but that's that's just the way. Uh, sorry, but that's just that's just the way it is. So they gotta they gotta steal one of the either to get to Daniel's point. They have to steal. I'll say two of these five games. Uh, you know, go three and two for the for the final stretch. If they can do that, then that would be a seven and nine, eight and eight. Yeah, that might get that might get Raheem Morris uh, a shot, a legitimate shot. At the head job, but you know, I think I think as what what he's done is great. You know, he's turning it around. These teams, this team, based on their performance today, has found the killer instinct to put teams away to not let them back in the game. And I think that's the that's another thing that we didn't see in the early part of the season. The teams, after getting the big lead, the defense let the other back in, like Chicago and all those guys. Uh, I'm not Chicago. I'm Dallas. You know, they let them back in the game. They didn't do that today. So. I want to see a little more. I want to see him beat the Saints, and I want to see him steal one of the games with the Bucks. If he does that, seven and nine, okay, yeah, I'll I'll consider it. But right now, like I said, he he just needs to do a little more. Um, and right now, the, I can respect that point. Yeah, I can respect that point. I, I just think that it, I think that his stretch. I think that we're probably asking for too much when we talk about his stretch. Because that those final stretches of games, I mean, we're talking about playoff intended teams, with the exception of the of the, of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Right. I was about to say San Diego, <laughs> but the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I just think we're we might be asking a little. Bit, I mean, we're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions in yeah. Kansas City. We're talking about a Tampa Bay team that listen that has so many weapons on that offense. I mean, it's not even fair. So what they're doing, the only thing is that can Brady get it to him. That's the only question. He's had problems with that offensive line and, and that offensive line holding him up. And, of course, the Saints, who arguably, ugh, and I'm going to say this while I throw up in my mouth, <laughs> the best team in the NFC. They so, are. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a lot that we're asking for. Um, again, 
respect your opinion, John. I mm-hmm. think that it's a it's fair to say, mm-hmm. but I, I just think that it's I think it was that's that's a lot to ask for. Yeah, I mean, still in the game, I think we can steal it. I I really do. Right. I really think we can steal a game or two. But I, I think that when I look at what the way that this team has responded to Raheem Moore, mm-hmm. and with all due respect to Dan Quinn, you know he led his team to a Super Bowl, but. That 0-5 start, he failed to finish those games. Right, exactly. He failed to finish three out of those games. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we just have to do better at the end of those games. And and right now, Raheem Morris, with the exception of that Lions loss, I think he's done a terrific job so far. Yeah, the, the only game he really got blown out was the uh, was the first Saints game. And I just want to see. Yeah. I just want to see how he learns from that. That's what. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want to see. I want to see how he how yeah. what uh, type of adjustments the Falcons make in that in that second meeting. I want to see where he's going with that. I, w- I want to see what he does differently in that one. And that right. and you know, learn from his mistakes, make adjustments. That's what I want to see. Right. Right. And also, and also, you. Another thing is, uh, remember, we got a playoff spot that's going. We're going to have a lower than five hundred team in the playoffs anyway. Simply because, yeah, the, with the NFC. yes. So that's a spot that is definitely getting taken away from from whatever consideration. So you take the Giants out of you take if you see them by record, then everybody kind of moves up one. Then it's the Bears that get in that eighth that last playoff position. And like I said, the Giants they're four they're four and seven. So you got the Giants, the Lions, the Skins, and the and the Falcons all right there at four and seven. So and right. and I gotta give the Giants credit. This was their first win um, against Cincinnati. This is their first win against a team not from their division. All three of their previous wins were against other NFC East squads, and, and they only have one game left, and that's the Cowboys in Week 17. So I, I, I again, I gotta give Giants credit for that W. I honestly didn't think uh, they needed to get. Of course, it was Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's yeah, basically without Joe Burrow. Exactly without Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow's there and healthy, that might be a different game. And it was it was a close game. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. That game was that game was tight back and forth the whole way. Um, Joe Burrow might actually have been the difference for that in in that game. If Joe Burrow's there, they may have gotten that W. So Giants kind of get lucky with that one. But yeah, they still have. I just think the fact that they only got one game left in their division. Against the Cowboys, I think that's really going to hurt them uh, going forward. So it looks like in the NFC, in the NFC East, you got to look at Washington because boy, did they put Dallas away? They really s- just stomped the Cowboys on no, Thursday night. I want to get you guys' opinion. I want to get you guys' opinion on, on Thanksgiving Day. Y'all know me. I'm all about tradition. Yeah, I'm all about you know. There, there's certain things that I'm all about with tradition. Yeah. Okay. But I think it's time. Let tradition go. The Detroit Lions have been such an embarrassment on Thanksgiving Day. Listen, since Matthew Stafford has come in to the league in 2008, the Lions are four and eight on Thanksgiving Day. Now you know when you are a Detroit Lion, that is what your if you're the head coach of the Detroit Lions. I mean, that's that your Super Bowl. You hang your hat on. Yeah, that's what you hang your hat on, right? Right. Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day. And the effort that she put in on Thanksgiving Day. Right. The Detroit Lions have been just an awful team on the day 
that they originated Thanksgiving. They the ones who originated playing football on Thanksgiving Day. Right. It was them back in 1933. It mm-hmm. was them. It was them. And I, I, I want to I, I look at look up the record overall for them on Thanksgiving Day in a minute. But since Matthew Stafford has come in, he's four and eight. Well, I think Matthew. Honestly, I think Matthew Stafford needs a change in <laughs> needs a change of address. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think he does too. I think he's just like Matt Patricia. They and, and the Lions organization made sure they changed Matt Patricia yeah. after that embarrassing loss that we saw mm-hmm. uh, against the Houston Texans and, and the Houston Texans again. Another one of those teams. They just got bit by their schedule. That, that first, that first half of their schedule was just absolutely brutal. Well, they had Kansas there. City, Baltimore, New England. They had all the Pittsburgh. all. Yeah, they had all the top, all the yeah. division winners like right off the bat. And of course, right the, back, so just, but the Houston yeah, Texans were, yeah, the Houston Texans were slated to finish under five hundred anyway with the subtraction of DeAndre Hopkins. I didn't expect much out of Houston Texans at all this year. Yeah, and all, I'm, you know, well, they had to get yeah, with, with they had to get rid of uh, Bill Bill O'Brien after that because he, yeah, he he yeah. traded away DeAndre Hopkins for nothing more, not because of anything he did on the field, but but just because he didn't like the guy. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you can't let your personality get in. And it really wasn't, like I said, it really wasn't anything on the field that DeAndre Hopkins did. It was his off the field, I think. I think it wasn't. It wasn't and it wasn't overt. It was just the way he handled himself. Oh, that's not, that's not, that's not. It, just, it was just the, mm, I'm digging myself a hole. But you guys know where I'm getting at. Um, I know where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. He, no, I I mean, it, 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 was, it was personal. He, he just didn't like the guy, and that's. Yeah. And I think the Texans did a did the right thing in getting rid and getting rid of Bill O'Brien and his role as GM. They needed to do that because the Texans got rid of a bunch yeah, of people without and they're without getting anything back. And, and guess what? They're JJ Watt is going to go next season, and they're not going to get anything from him either. JJ Watt. JJ Watt has pretty much announced that he's going to be a, that he's going to be a free agent next season. Yep. Yeah. So the, the Texans would be a distant afterthought as far as being competitive in the NFL next year. Right, and they're and for the foreseeable future. Well, the the good news for Houston is you're sharing a division with Jacksonville. So no matter how bad, yeah, you're not that bad. no matter how bad you get, you're not going to get a, you're not going to be fourth in your division. You're going to be third in that division for a very long time. And the, and the good news yeah. for Jacksonville is that you share a division, you share a conference with the New York Jets. Right. So, so you're not going to be so last. You're, you're not a, you're not going to be last. You're not going to be as god awful as they are. Right. And but then when you look at the Dallas Cowboys. And, John, going back to your point about the Washington Redskins, yes, that is an awful division. But the best team in that awful division might be the Washington football team. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Of the fact, yeah, because of the fact they have a great defensive line um, with young draft picks that I'm telling you, once they get it together and once they start learning, once Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen and those boys start start learning to think as a whole on that defensive unit mm-hmm. and that back end joins them, they are going to be a – they're not going to be uh, a 8-18 eight eight for long. No. They're, they'll rattle off 11 wins, and they have to get the quarterback situation straight. Uh, Alex Smith is comeback player of the year. I don't I, – I just think you, you, you can't give it to anybody else. Oh, yeah, no question. No question, but Alex Smith is very, not – 
He's not their long-term solution, oh, yeah. though. He is not their no, long-term not. solution. You got to get. Either. You got to figure out what you got. What you have in Haskins. They need to figure that right. out. They need to figure that yeah, out. They don't have anything in Haskins. Right. Yeah. That's what you got. Who, who do you um, like as far as head coaches? Because I, I, I think probably the worst team in NFL right now will be the Jets, bar none. Oh no, but, no question. Oh, without question, bar none. But as far as outside the Jets, I believe. They're probably the worst teams in the league would be Dallas and um, in the Chargers. You know, as far as teams that you go in, if you if you wake up and you see the Dallas Cowboys or the Chargers on your record, you could pretty much, like John had emphasized um, a couple minutes ago, you could pretty much pencil that in as a win, potentially. Well, so I'm looking at Anthony Lynn. Go ahead, John. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna say what about the you know maybe the Jaguars and, and Cincinnati. We're probably fi- okay, we're probably fit in that. Okay. okay, we're talking like the basement of the NFL. Yeah. Like right now Jacksonville's got the number two pick with that one in ten record. Cincinnati's two eight and one. They're gonna draft third. And then you then right. with the next pick, then you got a bunch of teams fighting for that. Dallas is in there, the Chargers are in there. Either way, Chargers are gonna get a top ten pick but, next season. But I would say I would say this. This is what makes the Dallas Cowboys and the Chargers a little more worse. Than the above mentioned, mm-hmm. if you look at you look at the Jets, no one expected the Jets really to compete this year. Right. No one really expected the Bengals to really compete this year. I think no one really expected the Jets. I think the Jets probably halfway expected the Jets to compete this year, but they weren't really in the conversation. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys were in the conversation of competing this year. The Chargers were somewhat in the conversation of competing this year. And if you look at those two teams, which coach is more than likely to be fired by the end of the year between the Dallas Cowboys and Chargers? Uh, well, there's one. Po- well, there's. I know. I know you're arguing that the Chargers coach. But here's. But here's my point. We know how bad. We know how desperate Jerry Jones is for one more Super Bowl before he kicks the bucket. We know that. But his team really is – he's going to – I don't know if Jerry Jones is going to have the uh, patience for a wholesale rebuild. And he really doesn't need it. He's got Deck Prescott. He's got Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, where, where is he going to, you know, spend his money? I think Jerry Jones would be – I think Jerry Jones would definitely be more um, open – to cutting loose McCarthy and finding somebody else, because he's not going to want a full scale rebuild, and he's got that thing in his mind where he wants that Super Bowl before he leaves this earth, and he's got to figure out how bad what he wants to do to get it. Is he going? Because I don't think he has the patience for a full scale rebuild. Is he going to? Is he going to no. sign this? Is he going to sign this year as a one off? Or is he going to say okay? Or, or is he going to think to himself, okay, I need to make really big changes? Here's here's my thing about about the Dallas situation. It it, it seems like karma is all the is coming all the way around and it's hitting Jerry Jones tenfold. Right. You didn't pay your quarterback uh, the money that you know that you thought that he thought he deserved, and what happened to him? His leg is about his leg. 
damn near comes out of his out of the socket. Right. Right. Now you have an issue. You pay your quarterback. I'm sorry. You paid your running back. What he's the highest paid running back in the league. Mm-hmm. Eighty million dollars guaranteed to him, and he has fumbled. Uh, uh, he has fumbled at least one time the last three games, and he has lost just about every fumble. Five out of the six fumbles that he has this year, he's lost five. They've been lost fumbles. Mm-hmm. So now, now it's like, oh man, oh man, now there's an issue. Now there's a thing. Listen, the only way that they get rid of Mike McCarthy is if it is guaranteed that Jerry Jones can get Bill Cowher out of the CBSS. Right. If he could get Peyton Manning to somehow <laughs> jump from being a <laughs> jump to being a head coach. He needs a profile name. Mm-hmm. He needs a high profile name for him to even make that so he but he has to be definite and it has to be hundred and ten percent that he can get that name. And right now, I don't see that he can get a, a name like Bill Cowher. No. Who, who's in the Hall of Fame. Right. He's Bill, in the Hall of Fame already. We kept, we kept thinking so, that Bill Cowher eventually will will get the itch back and, he, and he'll come back to, to coaching. Like and, Gruden did, right? Yeah, which maybe yeah, like might Gruden have worked did. the first five or six years. But this is like what? You're, how long has Cowher been, been, out, been out, of the, out of the league? At least seven. Maybe 10 or 12 years. Exactly. He's not coming back. Yeah. If he, not coming he, back. He's not coming back. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the whole thing with the <laughs> to switch subjects a little bit. That's the whole thing with uh, Tony Larusa when he when he came back to the White Sox. He's in the Hall of Fame, and the Major League Baseball was like, okay, well, now what do we do? I mean, there's really nothing that says you can't. Going in the Hall of Fame doesn't, right. yeah. There's really it's just something that's never been expected. So you know, but I think if he has, if Cowher hasn't come come back by now, he ain't coming back. Yeah, and let's and let's be honest. I think maybe because I've been really down on my team, but I would say this: I, I would say that both wounds on the the Dallas Cowboys and the Chargers are pretty much self inflicted to a certain degree. But I am. Under well, the wound. Uh, well, in the I'm, Chargers, that's literally the case. Literally, literally the case. Yes. Because you should have the way it's looking right now. You should have been. You should have brought back a starting quarterback. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing my team compete. Right. And my team is not competing. We're, we're not compete. We're not winning. We, we, we might every game might be a little competitive to a certain. We're not winning. Mm-hmm. All right. This right here was not supposed to be a rebuild year. We don't have. We, we didn't draft a rookie, a, a, a star rookie wide receiver that dropped balls in the end zone like C.D. Lamb did on on Thursday. Right. Our, all of our wide receivers and our defense are all are all veterans. The only rookie we have is our quarterback, and it, it sunk the season. The season is lost. So now you have. But see, with Dallas, Andy Dalton. It's pretty much a starting quarterback, right? Let's be honest here. He's one year removed from losing his job. That man was a starting quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really. Dallas, the, the the best move that Jerry Jones made during offseason was bringing Andy Dalton in, whether he knew it or not. Right. But it, it hasn't resulted in wins. Nope. You, you, 
you, you had a starting. You, you have you have a you have a veteran quarterback. See, the Chargers have a rookie quarterback that is tearing our season up. Yeah, because no one no one is doubting Justin Herbert's ability. He's had some really good games. Right. He just haven't translated to W's. Right, which he should have sat down for a year. We better off see. We better off sitting him down for a year. Yeah, but well, competing. Yeah, but with Tyrod Taylor, you, you, the, the situation was kind of taken away from you. You had no choice. Yeah, pretty much. You had no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, but he, he's eligible. He's eligible to play. He, he was out for about two games. Mm-hmm. Then he was good to play. Then the Chargers heard him put it out. Oh, well, regardless if he comes back or not, he's, we're going with Justin Herbert. Right. Oh, boy. Well. Now we have not really won one game. He's only won one game. Or maybe two. One that I know that's against the Jets. Yeah. Well, you're th- you've got th- you've got three wins, so there's got to be another W in there somewhere. Somewhere, but it's, I, I don't see it. Oh, oh boy. Hang on, hang on. It's oh, well, you played. You beat the Bengals one first week, and you got the and you beat the Jaguars week week seven. Right. The the team basically you beat the three teams below you. In the Amer- in the AFC, right? Yeah, you, you're you're basically the best. Of, you're basically the best of the worst, right? Which you know that says. Which I'm thinking is if I hope I hope Andy Lynn. I mean, um, drink. I said drink. Anthony Lynn doesn't get the axe because we hopefully we remember 2018 when given a full roster, mm-hmm. what could possibly get accomplished. And another person who's looking back at the situation, shaking his head right now, you know, it, it's two quarterbacks I look at, I, I believe, to a certain degree, are looking at look, looking at the past situation and shaking their head like, hmm, told you. And that's said to a certain degree, to a certain degree. And that Philip Rivers has proven that Philip Rivers has proved that he is not washed up. No. And Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is one of the reasons I say to a certain degree because this is like his. He's going. He, he's on board for a very interesting season this year. Yeah, Tom, and Tom Brady is is getting. He and Bruce Arians are kind of are kind of uh, rubbing against, rubbing each other the wrong way. Tom Brady has his specific game. Bruce Arians has his specific game. Like Bruce Arians is emphasizing more downfield throws. Tom Brady is all about the quick passes. He's Tony, all. Tony Romo yeah. said the same thing today. Yeah. Tony Romo said the same thing today, John. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 actually, to be honest, I heard that in the uh, I was watching the CBS NFL yeah. uh, pregame show, and that's and that's and that's the point, and that's the point they made. That's why you that's why you get all these good running backs for New England because their running backs in New England they're just basically all they are is a screen just screen outlets. Right. I mean that's all they are. So so it's just two game plans that just aren't. Meshing, but Tom Brady's good enough to win games by himself. Whether or not he's good enough to go to make a deep run in those playoffs, who knows? You know, Tampa Bay should get in. I don't see how they don't. Um, especially with that extra with that extra berth, I think Tampa Bay's definitely getting in. It's just a matter of if they're going to be a one and done or they'll advance to the second week. Ugh. The Buccaneers are looking very beautiful. Yes. They're, they they could be touched. Yeah, they could be. They're, they're, they're the best team. They have all the weapons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost it goes back to what, to Daniel's point at the beginning of our conversation is almost not fair. But yeah. those weapons have not translated. Like right now, the Buccaneers should be 
approaching nine and three. Or eight and three. Well, and that's why I said, you know, I want to see Atlanta steal a win from Tampa Bay, and I think they can. They yeah. can. I think it's. It, oh, you know, Atlanta's coming in foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. They're 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 foaming, they're, they're foaming at the mouth yeah. when it comes to. Um, I believe because Atlanta has a um, special place in their heart for Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Twenty-eight to three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So it, it can. I, I think it can really happen. I, I believe that um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, the way it's looking right now, will go. Down, the way it's, I mean, it's my, as of right now, I mean, they're they're, they're going to be setting their five after the, after after this week. They're losing to the Chiefs right now. They're going to lose this game. Oh yeah, no question. Um, it seems to me. That if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go down as a failed experiment, and I'm talking about not a deep run in the playoffs, mm-hmm. who do you guys believe will be who will get the brunt of the blame? Will it be the head coach? Or will it be the quarterback? <sighs> That's tough. Because you got weapons. You got I think, weapons. I, Is there- I think it'll be. I think it'll be the head coach. I think it'll be Arian. I'll tell you why. Uh, most of the most of the problems that you're seeing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really start up front with that offense and start up front. They are just not protecting Tom Brady, and they're not opening up the holes for him on that offensive line. That's right. been the problem for them the entire year. Mm-hmm. Secondly, defensively, if you look at them defensively, this is supposed to be like one of the premier shutdown. You know, this is supposed to be one of the more up and coming defenses that you have. And they've been mediocre at best on the defensive end. So, you know, I can't pin it completely on Tom Brady. And he has a lot to do with it because he has missed his target. I've seen him miss Grunk a few times. And then, and he's played with Grunk for, what, 10, 11 years? Right. I've seen him miss Grunk on some on some open scene routes. I've seen him miss Mike Evans a few times. And, you know, we can kind of assess that to no preseason. You know, we you start to really see how important the preseason really is. Oh yes, at, at least one or two games. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We ain't trying. We ain't saying that they need five or six because they don't even play. They don't even play all of those games anyway. Not your stars, at least. But we we've, we've seen that. So when you're talking about a collective effort, a team effort, this goes on Aaron. I think Tampa Bay still make the playoffs. Oh, I, I, I yeah, I think I, Tampa Bay's in there. I think that's out of the question. I think there's they're in. They just have a taller mountain to climb. I don't know if they can get a. I don't know if they can go on the road and really get a win against one of these teams. They, unless they play the NFC East, if they sit in that in that five hole and play the Giants, who right now actually have the lead in the division. Can yes, I believe that the New York Giants has the lead in the NFC East right now. Yeah, but and they're not going to hold that. Uncle Doe and his, they're not going to hold that. Shout out to Uncle Doe. His, his birthday was yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was Saturday. So, happy birthday to you. Um, he's a Giants fan. So, uh, happy birthday to him. What a birthday present for him, right? Right. For his team to be in first place. And I know he's probably sitting at home like, I don't care. We're going to lose a game anyway. <laughs> just a consolation prize. Well, see, the problem the, the, I don't think. Without Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And Jones. Colt McCoy had to come in today because Daniel Jones went out with a hamstring injury. Right. I don't know. Colt McCoy, whose name I hadn't heard in five years, yeah, he's still, came in today. He's still hanging around. And that's, still in the league. Yeah, I I don't think the Giants are going to hold on to that. 
I think Washington. I think I don't. I, don't, I think Washington's going to get it eventually. Although Washington does have yes. the Steelers next week, um, so they're going to they're going to till maybe the Giants will hold on to that uh, for at least one more week. But you look at where you look at where Tampa Bay ends up. I think Tampa Bay is going to be locked in in the sixth spot. They're sixth right now because you figure the Rams and the Seahawks are both seven and three. I mean, the Seahawks are playing great football. The Rams are playing great football. I think the I think the loser of that of that will get the five slot, and I just don't see Tampa Bay getting enough wins to keep pace with them. So I think I mean, and if you look right now, six will play. They're looking at the Packers. So you figure, yes. <laughs> I mean, the Saints the Saints are gonna, the Saints are locked in one, and the Packers are seven and three. The Rams are seven and three. The Seahawks are seven and three. Tampa's going to go to one of those three teams, and, oh, so, and the loser of the NFC West is a doozy. Yeah, and that, and that loser seven and three. Well, they'll get the winner of the NFC East, be it the Giants, be it Washington, be it Philadelphia. I don't think Dallas is going to get it. Um, and I really, I'm, I'm actually with you, Daniel. I'm actually root, kind of rooting for Washington because really, I'm kind of tired of Philadelphia. Um. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. I, 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 and with everything that Washington has done, it may not be PC that to say, "Hey, let's get them in." But you know, I think they. I think in terms of uh, just, they kind of deserve it at this point because boy, they they have been through a ton of stuff this season, and you know, the last couple they, of seasons, they really they, the last couple of seasons, I think they kind of deserve uh, to get to get, make the playoffs after this. Um, let's see. I was gonna check something here. And I got oh, wait. while you're checking that, John. Oh, here the it is. The Detroit Lions overall are thirty-seven, forty-one, and two on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. See, I don't. And another thing, another thing with the Lions, I liked it when the NFL kind of went back and forth. Um, you know, you got Detroit. You know, you got Dallas. They're hosting. They're hosting Thanksgiving. So let's go back and forth between the AFC team that's going there. So next year we'll have an AFC team going to Dallas, and then we'll have a divisional matchup with with Detroit. Usually, mm-hmm. usually the Bears are are a very good are a very good Thanksgiving draw. They love the Bears. Either the Bears or the Vikings come in on come in right. on Thanksgiving. So let's let's do that. And I just have to figure. And then and then we added this third NFL game at night, which you know, quite frankly, I could do without it. I mean, yeah, it's kind of yeah. nice to have that NFL game at eight o'clock, but you know, it's 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 not something I'm going to. I mean, I'll watch it if it's on, but it's not something I'm going to set my calendar for. Um, yeah, and and then the only reason why they did that again is to get the NFL Network something to do and just try to hold on to that to that viewer because there's really not much going on college football on thanks on Thanksgiving night. And by the way, next week the Giants do get the Seahawks. In Seattle, so that's you know four and seven. That's a loss. Uh, Washington is at Pittsburgh. That's a loss. Uh, where's Philly? Philly is at Philadelphia. Is at Green Bay. That's a loss. That's a loss. And Dallas is at Baltimore. So uh, you know, so you're gonna. That's gonna be an interesting. So that's gonna be a, that's, that's gonna be zero and four right there. Uh, Baltimore at home on the seventh, and also Dallas will be gone almost two weeks without playing. Because usually Dallas always, yeah. Dallas will, will get that Thursday night slot because when it, every NFL team has to have at least one Thanksgiving slot or Thursday night slot. But for Detroit and Dallas, 
their Thanksgiving game doesn't count as doesn't count there. That's it doesn't count for that for them being their Thanksgiving that, that slot. Ravens, that Ravens Cowboys matchup is going to be interesting because the Ravens are sliding mm-hmm. and they're sliding right before our very eyes. Right. Um, and Dallas is <laughs> Dallas is a joke. Yes. I mean it's it's, it's that simple. So it it's going to be that's going to be one of the more interesting matchups. Yeah, like you said. It, the other matchups we can just pretty much count it as as losses. Right. For the other three things. But that Dallas that Dallas and Baltimore matchup, that's an intriguing matchup there. That's an intriguing matchup. Baltimore should win that game because they're the better football team. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I I just haven't really liked the way Baltimore has looked the last three weeks. Uh, let me check. I want to check Dallas's. I want to check the NFC East's schedule for the last five games just to see where things stand. All right, all right. Dallas has the rate as Baltimore and Cincinnati back to back. Then they get San Francisco, Philadelphia, and finally the Giants. Okay. So they're gonna have to get that W against. So they'll get that. This is Dallas. That was Dallas. Game, that was right? Dallas. Yeah, Dallas still has to play okay. Cincinnati. As for the Giants, I know they end with Dallas, but they get in the yeah. interim. Uh, where are we? Okay, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas. Yeah, they might lose every, all those guys. Yeah, they might. Uh, switching <laughs> over to Washington, I know, as I said, they start out with Pittsburgh and they end with Philadelphia. And in the interim, it's San Francisco, Seattle, Carolina. And they they uh, yeah, Washington may win the division, so they can get that Carolina game. Yeah, and to wrap it up with Philadelphia, again, they're going to end with Washington, and they get Seattle next week, and in the middle, Green Bay, and New Orleans, Arizona, and Dallas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Philadelphia, Philadelphia is toast. Philadelphia is yeah. toast. They might get yeah, one. Yeah, it'll be Washington. They might get yeah, they, one they, out of The only there. reason why is because they have a, they have a favorable schedule uh, maybe one or two games. That's right. it. <laughs> That's it. They just have how bad the division has been playing, though. Mm-hmm. We are the last three guys to do a podcast. I'm John Morgo talking with uh, Daniel Bolton, Leon Brown. Guys, you know I'm going to talk about this, so let's do it right yeah. now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Vanderbilt has just made history. Uh, they had yeah. a female on their active roster, and the female actually participated. Sarah Fuller, a goalie on the women's soccer team, Actually, uh, got in and kicked a squib kick in, to start the third quarter, and did whatever she did what they wanted them to do. Now, the reason why Miss Fuller got on Vanderbilt's uh, team was well, it was a confluence of factors. Number one is the pr- other special special teams people, the the other kickers, all got all were in COVID isolation, and people say, well, why didn't they just get a, someone from the men's soccer team? Well. There is no men's soccer team. That's, that was a Title IX casualty. Well, why didn't they uh, just attract someone from on campus? Well, there was no one on campus because they, it was Thanksgiving break. And, the, and women's soccer, well, they were already in COVID, in COVID protocols because they just won the SEC championship last season, or the last weekend, and they were still together to prepare for the NCAA tournament. So it all just kind of came together. Now, we've had had women participate in other college games before, Katie Nida from uh, North New Mexico, but this is the first time it happened for a P5 school, a Power 5 school, 
first time ever it happened, and you know, great props for Sarah Fuller to 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 uh, participate and to actually get the and actually get in. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt got uh, embarrassed by the University of Missouri, forty-one to nothing. That cost Derek Mason his job. He was fired effective today. Todd Fitch, the offensive coordinator, he's now the interim head coach. He'll be the head coach for their games next week against Georgia, and they still have to uh, fit in the game against. Excuse me, fit in the game against Tennessee John, you said next week. Derek Mason? Yeah, Derek Mason, he got fired today. Oh wow, I did not see that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah Derek. I, Ma- I felt it coming. I felt that coming, but I yeah yeah yeah. yeah I knew I yeah I knew it was coming too. I just thought uh, honestly yeah. I thought if they didn't do it, I honestly I thought it should have been done weeks ago. Honestly, it should have been done weeks ago because Vanderbilt has not shown pulses at times this game. And I thought if they didn't do it now, they would just let them go at the end of the week. But I think they did it this time because they were getting an avalanche of publicity for this Missouri game because of what they were doing with Sarah Fuller. And the reason why she only got that squib kick, well, it was their only kickoff of the whole day. You know, they weren't going to put her into punch. She was only going to be in kickoff. They might have put her in for a field goal, but Vanderbilt never got close enough to do a field goal. So really, the offense—they well, never got an opportunity. They lost right. forty-one to nothing. Right. They, so they never. They never got. got like I said, they never got. Offense. They never got close enough down the field because they got shut right. out because their offense was just so anemic. Now Ken Seals has shown flashes, but they just need. But it, it just seemed like that the whole team has basically given up. And Sarah Fuller gave kind of a – she was the one who gave a, a fiery halftime speech. This was right before she went on. Um, and I think that was when the administration realized we got to make a change at the top. But let's, well, let's set that aside for now. What I want to focus is on is we have a woman on a P- Power 5 team. Um, yep. What are your guys? What do you think of it? And we, again, it, again, it was just—I won't say serendipity, but Vanderbilt really didn't have a choice. I mean, this was the only right. thing. This is the only thing they could do. That takes it a little from it, but still, this is something that uh, it surprised everyone. I, you know, what do you, basically? What do you think? Uh, it's it's a big deal. It's it's a huge deal. And kudos to the Vanderbilt program and kudos to Miss Fuller for actually going out there and, and doing what she do. I mean, she's basically telling people, and, and, you know, we've seen this before, John. We've seen women break into men's sports, mm-hmm. right? We've seen Becky Hammond as an assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs, yes. right? And now you're starting to see more women break in to that to the whole realm of men's sports, Thank which you. is fine. I don't have a problem with that at all, man. No. Uh, if you feel like you can go out there, you feel like you can you can run with these guys and play football with these guys, then hey, go for it, go for it. I'm with it. I'm I was with it all the way. Congratulations to Sarah. I don't have anything against it. Now there may be some people who are against it. Oh, there were. Oh, oh, the troll. The the trolls came. The trolls came out. I mean, yes, the trolls did come out against this, uh, calling her, you know, all sorts of vile nasty names i mean yeah of course and there were and there were a lot of people says oh boy i hope she gets you know blocked into next week um which isn't which really isn't fair i mean you know she's a kicker no it's not it's like as it's like you know do you want that do you want rodrigo blankenship to get to get uh you know blocked out like that way it's it's kind of the same thing 
But you know, and right. there, there, and there are just some people who will not accept women in what's traditionally been men's outlets, right? Yeah. And, and I'm thinking also that the Marlins' f- new female general manager Kim Mit Ing, Ng. I still don't yeah. know how to pronounce that. Ng. 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 Yeah. First female GM in history. And of course, you know this is is just been a lot. Of, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of pushback on this. But like, but like I said in the outset of my uh, of my comments here, Vanderbilt didn't have a choice because right. even if you bring someone in off campus, that person still has to go through COVID COVID um, guidelines, COVID justifications, COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, you're right. Kudos to Vanderbilt for actually trying it, doing this. But right. you know, they. But really, this was a solution that it was just the best thing that they, the best thing they could do under the circumstances. And right. it did right. so, give yeah. Vanderbilt a lot of publicity. And the fact that the, we we went we went out, we had Vanderbilt had all this attention and laid such a dud. I joked for one year. I joked on my Twitter feed, John underscore Morgo, for one day the whole country was Vanderbilt fans, and for one day the country knows now knows why Vanderbilt fans want to scream in frustration. It was just it was just the lack of effort on this national stage that they that give and also Vanderbilt's got a female uh, female uh, athletic director, Candace Story Lee. Um. So, so she kind of so, like I said, she had no choice. Her hand was kind of forced by that lackluster effort. I'm sorry, Leon, go. Well, do you think it'll ever become a day where you see a woman on the field with men playing a position? Well, she was on the field as a kicker, um, but yeah, but like I'm a lineman or running. No, you mean, like, you mean like a cornerback or you mean a like, receiver yeah. or running back? Like something like, like that. Someone yeah, like who's on the field for down. four downs and not and not a specialist is what what you're basically you saying. Go. Not a specialist. Right. Uh, right. that is that's that's tough. I I honestly I I it's got to be a I don't know. I mean that's tough. I don't want to I don't want to say no even though I'm kind of leaning that way. But let's let's just see if we can get the specialist to compete on an even playing field. Let's see if we can let's 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 walk before we can run. All right? Let's see right, if we can this, this, Yeah, that's gonna turn into a mess like Dan, are, are we treating our women like this? Is this how America treats their women? They put them on the front line. You know, because you know, even even reference to the military, you know, because when I think of when I'm thinking of her, I'm thinking of the movie G.I. Jane. Right. With, with Denny Moore, like, okay, mm-hmm. do you put your women on the, or, or is Amer- will America start putting their women on the front lines and on, during wars? Well, uh, well, like I said, let's walk before we let's walk before we can run, because if that's going to happen, it's going to start out with the specialists with the kickers. Um, like I want to see, like I said, I, I we I remember last year Carly Lloyd was trying to uh, get an NFL tryout. I want to yeah. see. I, Curious. I want to see what I want to see what she can. I want to see what she can hit from for field goals. I want to see that. Um, and Miss uh, Fuller was saying that you know in an indoor practice facility, she was according to her she was hitting forty yard field goals. 
Well, of course, that's indoor. That's, you know, no cameras, no nothing, no pressure. Right. But, you know, I, like I said, I want, I, I want to see, I want to see the specialist come first because that's where it's going to start. Let's get that first. But again, this is a very, very special situation. The factors that the factors that went into this, I think, while it's while while it's it's great, it happened. It it was Vanderbilt did the best they could under trying circumstances. It was the only it was their only thing they could do. I uh, unless you know you're not going to to get to Leon's point. You're not going to ask a cornerback. To try and kick a field goal, and and look at and look at what Denver was in. Look at what Denver was in. All of their quarterbacks were out with COVID because of COVID issues. They had to get a practice. All four of them. Yeah, they had to get a practice. All four of them. A practice squad wide receiver who once played quarterback. They had to get him to transition yeah. back to quarterback, and then of course there's it's no wonder, no surprise that New Orleans kind of rolled after them, rolled over them. And people say, well, why didn't yep. they get Kaepernick? Well, it's the same problem. Kaepernick's not in COVID protocol. He, you know, he would have to get into COVID protocol in order in order to do this. So it's a lot. So it's like I said, Denver didn't have a choice. It, they were trying to. They in the NFL, the NFL would not let Denver move the game back a day or two. That maybe they could get somebody back if if they played like um, you know Monday or Tuesday. But, you know, the NFL said no. Now they let Baltimore do it. They let Baltimore move their game to Monday. And they'll let the Baltimore's next game get moved to Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday and Monday. But for whatever reason, they wouldn't let Denver do it. They wouldn't let Denver forfeit. And I think it's basically, I think it's because Denver, you know, Denver's playing New Orleans. It's a primetime prime time matchup, a great matchup, national audience. I, think, I don't think the NFL wanted to lose that, uh, wanted to lose that audience. Um, but you know, it's so, so, but that's, that again, that's, that's, that's my opinion. I mean, hats off to Vanderbilt for, uh, for doing that. Wish them luck in their head coaching search. But again, what Vanderbilt really needs more than anything is to show that they are, that the administration is committed to football winning. And that is something that has, that is really never happened, especially for foot, especially for football. Now it's happened with other sports. It's amazing what getting two national championships will do will do for you publicly supporting baseball. And basketball kind of comes yeah. and goes. But football, they yeah. I mean, they need upgrades everywhere. Their visitor their visiting locker room is a joke. Um that's the that's the first thing that needs that needs that needs to get upgraded. And we'll just see if the administration can uh, get get people that way, and we will definitely keep on to that. Well, we're kind of running out of time here, but I want to get your opinion real quick, guys. Tyson Jones, uh, did you guys watch it? And what was Nate Robertson thinking? Uh, first off, I saw parts of it. I saw parts of uh, the Roy Jones and, and Mike Tyson fight. It actually was a pretty good exhibition that they put on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I mean, what else would you expect out of 54-year-old Mike Tyson against a 51-year-old Roy Jones? I mean, you don't expect for them to look like what they look like about in a 15 years ago. Remember, this was Tyson's first fight to get in the ring in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Roy Jones uh, just had a fight three years ago. So, but you can look at them, you can tell, you know, they, 
look, Father Time has really, really gone up with them. So, you know, it wasn't, I, I hope people weren't expecting, um, like, something big out of that. And as far as uh, Mr. Nate Robinson goes, her stick to the NBA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the? That was, I mean, that was, what in the world was that? <laughs> that was just embarrassing, wasn't it? It's like did he did he even train at all? Did he just or I mean what was he what was he thinking? Right. It was just you like Nate Robinson has been trying everything since he since he got out NBA. He tried becoming a quarterback. He just be first NBA player to cross into NFL. I mean, what's right. next tennis? Maybe. I mean this man yeah. <laughs> This man is trying to come to jack of all trades, but you know something like boxing. Even though the right. boxer that he was facing was not a true professional, but a YouTube sensation, at the same time, this man has had prior matches. Lots of them. <laughs> You're going to get an experienced boxer. Nate Robinson was playing in the NBA three years ago. Yes. I mean, good God! I mean, you won a couple street fights and you're like you're quite the athlete. Yes, you could jump high, but. Boxing is a whole nother animal. Mm-hmm. And for, for this is just like, we've seen this in Conor McGregor. Right. Who was a fighter, who is, who is a fighter, who came from USC, who believes that, okay, I, I, come, I can face off this Floyd Mayweather. No, you can't. It doesn't work that way, bro. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, hopefully um, this knocks some sense in the Nate Robertson. Once Nate Robertson and, wakes yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, did you guys see how good Mike Tyson looked? You see how he shaped this man look at age fifty four? He looks great, didn't he? He looks great. He looks great. Like he looks phenomenal yeah. for fifty four, man. He's great. Yeah. But Mike, Mike Tyson is trying to apply for his box license again. He's like, he, he wants to do it again. He, he looks tight after the, the post fight interview. He, he, Mike Tyson will fight again. Mm-hmm. He, he, I was, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If Mike Tyson is back in the gym as we speak. <laughs> You know, you're going to. Have to, I mean, I, I don't want to speak like this, but you're going to have to literally kill, have to kill Mike Tyson to, get, to keep him out the ring. He's ready to get back in there, uh, which I, yeah. I don't think is a good thing. I, I'm not a big fan of seeing someone 55 years old and back in the ring. I can look at um, when yeah. look at it was two different reactions. Yeah, it was two different reactions. Roy Jones was more hesitant to jump yeah. back in the ring when they're asking. Yeah. you know, he's like, yeah, let me go talk to my family. And Mike's like, well, I'm going to get back to <laughs> <laughs> You know, Mike always had that ferociousness. Uh, right. so that, it, it, he, but he looked good, though. Uh, guys, before before we go, uh-huh. before we go, I actually want to give uh, kudos to someone. I actually want to kind of switch topics. I want to give kudos to someone before we get out of here. Sure. Um, and his name is Jared Patterson. Jared Patterson, uh, he's a running back for the Buffalo Bulls of the MAC Conference. Uh, they beat Kent State yesterday, 70 to 41, but what he did was just remarkable. Uh, he rushed for eight touchdowns and had 409 yards on the ground. Wow. 409 yards and eight touchdowns. I believe six of them was in the first half. Now, the, I think the more remarkable thing about this is. Uh, and, he ran number 41 jersey. Now, since 2016, uh, their head coach, which is uh, Lance Leopold, he started the tradition of rotating the number 41 through the team. 
that was basically dedicated to Solomon Jackson. Solomon Jackson uh, passed away in 2016 of a heart-related issue. Uh, he collapsed during an off-season workout. So ever since then, they had been rotating that jersey number, mm-hmm. uh, number 41. And Jared wore that jersey, and I believe he said after the game that he just kind of felt Solomon's spirit, you know, going through him. He usually wears the number 26. But if you go back and watch the highlights, man, he he went completely off. And y'all know how you you know how the Mac can go. Yeah, the, the Mac is one of the more interesting conferences in America when it comes to football. But uh, I just wanted to get a shout out to him. I wanted to get that in real quick before we left the uh, the podcast. Okay. Uh, great, great effort, tremendous effort by Jared Patterson. If you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. This on there. All right, we'll check that. We'll be sure to check that out. All right, that'll wrap us up for this week. Uh, again, next week uh, we'll be same time here on Facebook, and of course we'll upload this episode. I'll be in Vegas. Next You'll week. be in Vegas. You'll say hi to my parents and pet my dog. Um, <laughs> I'm probably not gonna. I'm probably not gonna go until New Year's. Is probably when I'm going. Yeah. When I'm going out there, so uh, say hi to say hi to them. Well, I'll see you guys. I will. I'll see you guys in two weeks. All right, Daniel. You you be safe. Don't gamble too much, and yeah, be yeah, safe. Be safe, because uh, we don't know what's, what's going Absolutely. on out there. All right, we'll see. Uh, so, again, this episode will be uploaded onto uh, SoundCloud, uh, Anchor, Pocket Cast, iTunes, Spotify, all those major outlets in a few days. And we'll check back with Leon and me on Friday. So thank you very much, and have a good night.